Howdy folks, this is Dr. Matt Grishop, director of the Grimm Family Center for Organic Production and Research at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, and you're joining us for Organic Chat. So why don't you introduce yourself? Sure, um, I'm an associate professor of soil health and fertility here at Cal Poly, and I hold a 50% research appointment with the Grimm Family Center for Organic Production and Research. I've been here at Cal Poly for, this is my seventh year now. That's great. So we've got Charlotte DeCock with us today, and I'm really excited to have this conversation with her. Um, she's been a really important part of the center and the farm and um, has been really central to a lot of what we're doing here. So to start out with Charlotte, um, what are three things you think of uh, when you know someone says organic agriculture or organic farming to you? What comes to mind? Yeah, um, well, I'm a soil scientist, so obviously the first thing that comes to my mind is soils. And so when you know when you think about where organic agriculture comes from, it was really rooted in this idea that soil health was a cornerstone of organic production. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's kind of exciting. Organic has been around for a long time, and um, but there's this new um whole revival of interest in soil health in recent years for a great part um driven by the potential to store carbon in soils and help with mitigating climate change so it's um you know we as soil scientists i think we used to have a narrower range where we got really could get really excited about soil health working on organic production and now it's been you know it's gotten a little bit of a wider lens, but I think there's a lot we can learn from organic farming and the research that has been done on comparing organic farming with conventional farming um, about soil health and how certain management practices improve soil health. And then, um, um, I think that's a really cool point. I hadn't really thought about that from a, from more like a disciplinary standpoint, but I, I mean, I can remember as an undergrad and, you know, soil science was this class you took and, and something, but, but I think you're right. I think it's become a lot more hip. I think with, with a lot of folks attention on it and, you know, the regenerative folks moving into this, into the scene and everything, but yeah, it's probably soil scientists are probably on the verge of, you know, being a lot more popular than they once were. Yeah. So maybe as an entomologist, I need to be jealous. We're going to, you know, it seems yeah. like, like, oh, we had pollinators. Pollinators really put us in the forefront. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so are there other are there other things that you think about with organic ag? So you've, you've soils obviously sort of at the center of this concept for you. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, when I think about organic ag, part of what I think about is sort of like, why do people buy organic products? Mm, and yeah. what is, you know, what drives a consumer to want to support organic ag? And I think a lot of it is this perception that maybe the food is healthier or that there's less mm -hmm. uh, pesticide residue on it and sure when you know think when you think about organic agriculture there's definitely you know a, a whole different set of inputs that are allowed in organic agriculture versus in conventional agriculture and it really limits the amount of tools you have for pest management so you um, you really have to think much more creatively about okay who eats what in the food system and um so so that's really cool um but then you know I, it brings me back to this idea of okay i'm a soil scientist and people mm -hmm. really think of organic agriculture as maybe being healthier or having less pest residue but i i feel like sometimes maybe this 
um, this really root of organic farming to really take care of your soil and, and the soil is yeah. going to take care of your crop <clears throat> is maybe a little bit lost with the consumer. So I think it's really um, interesting to um, to think about, okay, what, you know, what does a consumer know about organic agriculture and are there things that we can maybe make more more apparent and more known about this production system? Oh, definitely. I think, and I mean, as someone who's a pest management professional, really by trade in the organic sphere, I've thought the same. I mean, you go back to um, Albert Howard, Lee Balfour, Jay Rodale in this country, and really it was all about soil. And, um, and, and interestingly enough, built up around sort of, you know, the, as synthetic fertilizers are really moving into the mainstream farming around, you know, the early 20th century. And, and yeah, it's kind of gone through this transformation or maybe metamorphosis to this other set of conceptualizations for the consumers. But yeah, that's really, you know, for me, I think that's a passion we share. I really, I hope that as consumers learn more about organic agriculture, as, as ag practitioners learn more, um, as ag support people learn more, they really see that, no, it does start with the soil. I mean, this little thin layer on the surface of our planet that supports all terrestrial life, which is mm -hmm. just, it, it's miraculous and amazing to think about. So yeah. it's really cool. Yeah. 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 And another thing I think about in that vein is with all this enthusiasm about regenerative ag and climate smart ag and, and funding and media attention going to that, um, you know, a lot of these practices that are being um, promoted under that style of farming or things that ha organic growers have been doing for many decades. Yeah. So what can what can conventional growers learn from organic growers as they're exploring adopting some of these practices, but then how can organic growers make sure that they're not sort of like forgotten in in the context of this whole new um, this whole new trend and how they they really need to you know be vocal and say hey this is you know we're doing all this stuff our produce is not just you know less pesticides but we are managing our soils in a way that is supposed to protect them from degradation and take better care of the planet yeah those are great points so then that's actually a pretty good segue into a, another question so what are advancement or trend in organic agriculture excites you the most and how do you see that sort of fitting into and maybe shaping the future of sort of the larger questions around sustainable agriculture? So beyond the sort of confines of organics or certified organics. Yeah, I think one of the things that's really exciting is how organic is such a fast growing segment of the agricultural sector, even though the total acreage of organic is small compared to the conventional acreage. It is, it is growing at a really fast pace and a lot of really big growers are converting part of their uh, production area to, to organic production. And um, I think with sort of like the shift in scale of maybe, you know, a few decades ago, your organic grower was a small CSA farmer versus now there's some really big players on board, there's also opportunity for more resources to improve uh, organic production, mm -hmm. right? To do the kinds of research that is needed to be able to understand which practices are more effective, more efficient. Um, and um, I, I think that's um, that's a really exciting trend. And I think there's a lot of opportunities um, that come with it. 
So to build on that, so you mentioned practices and practices that could, you know, affect a positive change in, in our agroecosystems and our food system and whatnot. So mm-hmm. just, you know, seeing that we're in the central coast and obviously mm-hmm. we're in a particular climate and we have a particular soil, what are some examples of practices that you're really passionate about seeing implemented at larger scale um, and maybe ones that you feel have sort of that immediate promise to, you know, improve our agriculture in this region? Right. Yeah. So I think, you know, being in this context of the Central Coast, you know, a lot of the acreage is uh, under vegetable production, which is a really intensive system. We are fortunate to have a very mild climate here. It's pretty much nice weather year round, which means also nice weather for growing food. So basically, um, you know, you can grow two, three vegetable crops in in a year in this climate. And that means there's a lot of turnover of ground and soil and a lot of um, tillage of the soil. And that is sort of harsh on the soil. It can lead to, you know, degradation. And so um, there's um, there's definitely more interest to like from growers to think about how can we reduce the intensity at which we till our fields. And I, I think that's a that's a great opportunity, not just for organic growers, but also right. for conventional growers. If anything, it's a little bit more challenging for an organic grower because um, tillage is one of their tools that they use for uh, for weed management. Yeah. Um, but that's um, that's a great, um, I think, opportunity. Yeah. So reducing tillage to try to promote soil health, because of course, you know, as we're becoming more and more aware that so much of soil health really is a, a biological process. It's it, it's um, something important to biology and living things don't like having steel run through their bodies, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. typically, if, whether you're yeah. a fungus or even a, a microbe, I mean, having mm-hmm. those disturbances is, is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think, um, what are some immediate steps that, that you know, you see growers taking to reduce that tillage. I mean, what are... Yeah, so um, Braga Fresh is a grower in the Salinas mm-hmm. Valley that has sort of like spearheaded some experimentation with reducing tillage intensity. And they um, they have set up a system where they um, don't completely reshape the beds every turn. So that reduces a lot of the tillage intensity. And then one of the concerns with reducing tillage intensity is whether you'll be able to have um, good enough drainage. And so mm-hmm. to sort of like overcome this issue, they came up with this system where they're growing a cereal in the middle of the beds. And cereal crops are known to have really deep roots. So mm-hmm. the roots basically um, replace the tillage practice and go deep down in the soil and help form these little channels where soil mm-hmm. can infiltrate. And actually, it's a much better way to maintain good drainage in your soil than tillage because after you till, the first few weeks, you might, might have better drainage, but then the soil kind of like tends to collapse on itself. And actually, you might have, you, you tend to have worse soil structure and worse infiltration after you till intensively, after, you know, after mm-hmm. a while. Whereas if you use roots um, and, and, biological life in the soil to help create soil structure these are going to be then you know little channels and stuff that are formed in the soil that are um, much more stable so when 
you know, it rains more on it, they stay intact, and then filtration continues to happen instead of where they collapse under a heavily tilt system, and it's only a matter of time before your drainage is really bad again after you till. Yeah, it's interesting. Like some of the some of the growers we work with, I think, like to talk about roots as tillage. You, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thinking of them in, yeah. in a replacement to a tiller. But then mm-hmm. for me, it's also, well, it's tilling. Yeah, you've got this physical structure that's sort of pushing down and open these channels. Mm-hmm. But then you're also getting um, that living tissue, right? Mm-hmm. And and like all things, eventually any root is, is going to perish. Mm-hmm. And then you've got that opportunity for additional nutrient cycling. And then you've also mm-hmm. got the pore space left behind, right? right. Because at, there's negative space where that, as it, mm-hmm. as it degrades and feeds the microbes, mm-hmm. which hopefully feeds your next crop. So yeah. It, it is a really fascinating process. And mm-hmm. I mean, one of the really exciting things that Charlotte and I are actually embarking on here at Cal Poly in late 2023, early 2024, is we're setting up a replicated field trial to test exactly what she was talking about that our, our partners at Braga Fresh have really spearheaded. So we'll be you know, putting in systems like this and then directly mm-hmm. comparing them to these bed systems. And for those of you not in the Central Coast and, and not in, in West Coast, familiar with West Coast vegetable production, we do most of this on beds. And these beds are formed out of soil. And you know, to do that, you do lots and lots of tractor passes. So you, of course, you've got to break the ground and then you have to condition the soil with a bunch of different implements. And then you actually shape the bed and then you like you know, kind of like might clean the bed up and then you might actually finally get to planting your crop, which means maybe 20 tractor passes. And so if we keep the beds and obviously if you're going to keep a cereal in the bed, well, then you can't just knock it down every turn. You've got to keep it. And so it's it's really exciting to see this. Um, so I know I'm super excited about this experiment. Yeah. Um, Kelly O'Neill, our, our really awesome farm manager, has been really central to putting this together. And I know he's really excited. But I think we also know that it's, it's you know, first time through, it's, it's going to be interesting. And yeah. there'll be, probably be some fabulous disasters along the way. <laughs> Um, but it, it's super exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. So, you know, one other thing, you know, we are, we're at Cal Poly's in Luis Obispo. And, you know, we're part of the Cal State system. Our real emphasis is undergraduate education. I mean, mm-hmm. that's really in the DNA of the organization. So maybe, you know, one last thing we could talk about a little bit is, I mean, what do you see as the really big opportunities for students who want to study here in terms of getting involved with this, these new approaches towards agriculture? And we can keep it. I know you work in grapes, you work in lemons, you do a lot of work in a lot of different agricultural systems, but maybe we could just focus on veggies. Yeah, I think um, I think Cal Poly is a really good place for students not to just like advertise for Cal Poly, <laughs> but I, I generally think that Cal Poly is a really good place for an undergrad to learn plant sciences and agriculture. Um, and soil signs because um, uh, I think it's a very hands-on approach, but also a very applied approach to mm-hmm. um, to teaching. And the goal is really to prepare students to be able to um, hit the ground running in a job, really understand how a crop is grown from start to finish, um, and so on. And so to support this style of teaching. You know, we have, there's a lot of land on campus, yeah. so students have opportunities to get involved in um, in learning how to grow a crop and have the hands-on experience. And, and part of that is the organic farm, and we're really sort of like ramping up production in the organic farm 
uh, with the with the center in the context of the new uh, Grimm Family Center for Organic Production Research having come yeah. on board. And I um, I think, you know, students have opportunities to work on the farm as, you know, just basically doing the farm work, growing the crop, learning how to grow mm -hmm. the crop, learning about aspects of growing a crop under an organic system that is different from a conventional system because we also have conventional land yeah. on the campus so seeing these differences between the two systems and then with the active research going on on campus students are right here they can see it happen um i think they there's a lot of opportunities there right this yeah. whole um no-till or reduced till system under organic farming it, it looks different it's completely you know it looks completely different it's like a mosaic of crops like you never see a crop like a field like that when you drive yeah. around i think it always reminds me of a prairie i mean yeah. I, I spent i did my phd at kansas state and uh so we had tall grass prairie around us and mm -hmm. and um i remember the first time i saw this production system and even now we have some test plots with purple and green cabbage mm -hmm. with sorghum sedan grass as our cereal and i look at it and it just it screams prairie to me yeah you know not this you know a, a traditional sort of bedded vegetable system which would be you know broccoli maybe the occasional alyssum plant if mm -hmm. it's organic um but pretty pretty monostructural, mono, monocultural, uh -huh. and, and that's really exciting. And I have to plug Charlotte here. I mean, Charlotte is an absolutely wonderful um, instructor and mentor. And so one of the things I would say as a, as a Cal Poly employee that's great for students is you get to come and work with people like Charlotte. And, and you know, you get, to, you get to experience her in the classroom, in the laboratory, but then also we do have these hands-on um, experiences for students. And I mean, and typically they're actually paid too so we typically hire people so if you want to come and you know get paid to weed this, this wonderful perennial mess that we're developing um there's opportunities there but yeah it's really wonderful is there more that you'd like to say or something else you'd like to add oh, about to our conversation? opportunities for students or just in general yeah well, I think, you know, in terms of opportunities for students, I think because we're primarily an undergraduate institution, I think oh, yeah. undergrads really get involved in the research, you know, they're yeah. not just grinding soil samples or doing, you know, something monotonous, they really get engaged in what's the research question, what are the hypotheses. So I think it's a really good opportunity to really, you know, learn critical thinking skills and think about, okay, here is a problem you know, how can you solve it? What are some different tools to use? Um, yeah. So, yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, I think that that's very true. I mean, as a primarily undergraduate institution, there are just a lot of opportunities for students to get that, mm -hmm. that training and those exposures that, um, it's not to say you won't get it at another institution, but you know, you're not competing with PhD students here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, we're at the end of our conversation, we both work for Cal Poly, so I guess it turned into a little bit of a Cal Poly ad, but... <laughs> But we're pretty excited about what we're doing and and um yeah it's been a lot of fun well charlotte thank you so much for taking the time to have a conversation about this and um perhaps we'll get a chance to do it again um, i'm absolutely sure that we'll be putting some stuff out on youtube um, later about our crazy um, reduced tillage integrated cover crop aka regenerative organic um, sort of wonderful mess that we're in the middle of putting together but in the meantime, it's been a real pleasure to talk with you and, and thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and time. Great, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. 
Thanks for listening to Organic Chat. This podcast is recorded on the Cal Poly campus. Production provided by our production engineer, Mary Nascimento.